0: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick, the place to stay updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 337. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading once again. Really good to have your company. Welcome to our first-time listeners. We hope you turn into regular listeners. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. We're in Barcelona for the Mobile World Congress where Huawei, LG, Nokia and Alcatel and many more have unveiled their brand new smartphones. The Huawei Mate 10 is a foldable device and we managed to get our hands on it. We're one of the only people to do that. Also on the show, we're going to wrap up Samsung's Unpacked event from San Francisco last week, which revealed the Galaxy Fold, another folding smartphone. Also going to take a look at the new Galaxy S10 range, the new S10 5G, and some new wearables. Telstra is also in Barcelona, and they've made some exclusive announcements as well. And we'll answer all your questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, as i mentioned we are in barcelona for the mobile world congress and we've seen a few devices that have been unveiled but i think the one that's really the talk of the town so far it has to be the mate 10 this is the first there the company's first foldable phone so you think about this device it's both a phone and a tablet they unveiled that at their press conference today just a couple of days out from the start of the show And this is also not only a foldable phone, it's also a 5G phone. So, a lot of interest in this device, and I managed to get my hands on it. So there's a video I posted on Tech Guide as well as a story, uh, my hands on review. I was one of the very few journalists to actually touch this phone. I think I'm the only Australian journalist to actually get their hands on it as well. So, a uh, nice exclusive for me. And you can read all about it at Tech Guide, of course, and also watch the video of me, of that device in my hands and in action. It is really something special. It's really a mar- Marvelous new device, really taking the smartphone in a brand new direction. Foldable phones we knew were going to be a part of the deal this year, and uh, we didn't expect to see the Huawei Mate 10. Uh, not, not uh, it, this, this exceeded my expectations. I, I had an inkling of what it might be. Huawei did a great job of keeping this under wraps until they were ready to reveal it. So... This has, as I said, exceeded my expectations, this foldable device. So let me explain to you how it works. So the Mate 10, or the Mate X, I think they're gonna call it. No, that's not a Roman numeral. The Mate X has, when you first see it, it's got a 6.6 inch front display. So when you're holding it in your hand, 6.6 inches, which is probably slightly larger than your regular phone. I think your regular smartphone's around 5.8, just around the 6-inch mark, probably slightly smaller. This is 6.6 inches. Now, when you turn it over in your hand, there is another screen. This is a 6.38-inch screen. Now, on the left of this screen, the reason why this screen is smaller, on the left of this screen is a small grip. It's a bar that contains, I think, a lot of the phone circuitry, but also the Leica camera system as well. So this has got, obviously, oh, there's three cameras. I understand one of the cameras is a 40-megapixel camera. They haven't specified or confirmed any specs, but that's my information. That One of them is a 40-megapixel camera working in unison with the other two cameras which we don't know their their megapixel strength, but there are three cameras there. And down, so so this grip forms, uh, it it takes up the same side as the smaller screen. So you can see a larger 6.6-inch screen on the front, 6.38-inch screen on the back next to that grip, and there's, of course, the hinge as well, so you've got to remember. The hinge, Huawei has has engineered, they call it the Falcon Wing hinge. And the hinge is actually the secret source to this device because it's it's unfolding and folding an AMOLED screen. It's not like folding a piece of paper. There are several layers to the screen that need to be folded. And if you ever take a – if you take out a, a, a notepad and fold it in half – You'll see that all the pages don't actually fold to the other side in line. Some paper is sticking out. They're not all level, so there was that. There was that requirement. There was that little issue they had to sort out, and that's where the Falcon Wing hinge comes into play. So it can not only handle those multi-layers and fold it properly, but also allow the screen to fold through 180 degrees. You gotta remember when this is closed, it's, it's just sitting like on top of on one layer on top of the other. And then when it opens again, it is fully flat, 100, it's turned 180 degrees. And it needs to not only do that quickly, but also be able to uh, have, have durability. Because you've got to remember, a customer could have this phone for two to three years, and opening and closing a device for that long, and for the price you're going to pay for it, I'll tell you the price down the track. But you want this thing to last, so there's all those things. But when you see the device, six point six inch on in the front, six point three eight on the back, and then you open it up. There's a button on the back of the on the on the side on the grip on the side. There's a small button. You press that and the screen comes loose and then you open it up flat and then suddenly you're looking at an eight-inch display. And it is smooth and bright. And and when I had it, I remember holding it in my hand for the first time thinking, wow, this isn't too thick at all. It's only 11 millimetres thick. So it wasn't wasn't like I was holding a brick. It was like I was holding a normal phone maybe in a case, which is probably about the thickness of a phone in a case. So I'm thinking, wow, that's impressive. It, it, it wasn't too heavy either. It was fairly light. And then when I turned it over in my hand to see the smaller screen and then to see the cameras on the back, and then when I pressed the button, this little the 6.38 screen came loose, and you'll see this in the video if you go to Tech Guide, and then I then opened it up flat like I was uh, opening up a wallet, but the other way. So rather than opening, yeah, you know, your wallet opens and the hinges on it opens like a book this opens backwards it's like a book that you're opening backwards so and i could actually hear the hinge working it sort of made a small sound as i was extending it and i think that's sort of sorting out all the layers as it did it and suddenly i was looking at this eight inch display now at each level at each turn so the front screen the back screen and the and the unfolded screen I was strip, I was swiping along the menus, dragging up, dragging down, and it's exactly the same as a normal smartphone. There was no difference at all. What I did find though was there was a, there was a slightly different gloss to the screen. You know when you're looking at a, a smartphone device, a normal smartphone display, that's covered in glass. So it does have a certain gloss and depth to that to the image. When I was looking closely at the Huawei Mate X, I noticed that the screen is not covered in glass. It can't be covered in glass because it needs to bend. This is an AMOLED screen, remember, and it is covered with a plastic polymer type material. So it has to be able to bend, yet still provide the protection for the touchscreen, the capacitive layer for the touchscreen, and also be bright and colourful and it achieved all that. It just didn't have the depth of a regular glass display. Uh, it, 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 could, you could still watch videos, videos look breathtaking, but there was just that layer, that little depth of the screen that was missing, but not to take anything away from the, from the product. It is, it is incredible. When you see this thing in action, have a look at the video. It is very, very impressive. And what I like about it is the way that it's engineered is that the, when you fold it back again, the back screen folds right into the grip. So that it's not causing any extra thickness, uh, it, it does it. It's it's compact when it's closed, so it clicks shut. And as I said, it's only eleven millimeters thick. And but when you open it, it's even more impressive because you're looking at an eight-inch screen. And the screen, when it's extended, apart from the grip that's in one that, that's on the side, that, that's really handy to have a for one-handed grip of the device. But when the screen's unfolded, it's just 5.4 millimetres thick. And that's that's thinner than a normal tablet that we use. That's thinner than the iPad Pro and, and any other tablet on the market. So they've got a cur- the curved grip then at one end. That, that, that's not including that. I'm just talking about the screen. The, the grip itself is, is the full 11 millimetres thick. But when the screen folds back into it, that's when you get the full 11 millimeter thickness. And then when it unfolds, you've got the 5.4 millimeter thickness, which was super impressive. Now, you've got to remember, this is also a 5G device. So, not only uh, do you have a foldable device that can be used in one instance as a six inch uh, phone, 6.38 inch phone, and then an eight inch tablet in one, you're also going to have 5G at your back as well. And with this, the, 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 inbuilt modem is, is Huawei's very own silicon. So not only is it their processor, it's also their 5G modem, the Ballon 1000, I think it is, the, the, the modem that's on the inside, the 5G modem, which is operating at the top end of the 5G spectrum. They're saying that a, a three gigabyte movie, sorry, a one gigabyte movie on the 5G network will be able to be downloaded on on with the with the Mate X in three seconds. So <laughs> 5G is super, super fast. Now this device also has a fingerprint reader built into the side, which is also also happens to be the power button. And the way they've built it as well, there's also a battery, there's actually a dual battery. So on each side, on each screen, underneath is a battery pack built in which totals 4,500 milliamp hours of power. And it takes it even a step further with super fast charging. Now, this is going to offer 55 watt charging, which means that you'll be able to reach 85% battery charge in just 30 minutes. So imagine that. Imagine you're about to head out. You think, oh, I've nearly run out of battery. Plug it in for 30 minutes and you're back to 85%. That's like another whole day's worth of power. It's remarkable. They've ticked all the boxes here. A foldable screen, 5G, good battery life, fast charging, and in a device that fits in your pocket as a phone and then unfolds out of your pocket as a tablet. And as they said, we spoke. I spoke to some execs afterwards. They said, the customer demand for screen size is always getting bigger. But our hands are not getting bigger. So they had to come up with a creative way to to deliver a screen, a display, that doesn't mean you're carrying around a massive device and this is it. The Huawei Mate 10, they're saying it's not gonna be released till mid-year. And the price that they announced was 2,299 euros. Not dollars, euros. That works out to be roughly two thousand, sorry, three thousand seven hundred Australian dollars, which is quite a sum of money. So this isn't going to be cheap. As with all first generation devices, you know it's going to be expensive. I paid fifteen hundred dollars for my first DVD player back in the day. You can now buy one for forty bucks. So. Down the track, we're going to remember the day when we paid big money for foldable phones, but the technology being new, that's kind of the early adopter tax, I call it. If you are buying devices first in early adopter, you've got to be prepared to pay a little bit extra. But it is a really amazing product that I encourage you to look at. Head over to Tech Guide. you'll be able to see the my hands-on video of, uh, of me holding the device, unfolding it, folding it out and, uh, and and see you'll also be able to see another video that I posted earlier before I got my hands on it where someone else was demonstrating. Both worth a look and both will give you a great idea of what to expect when the Mate X is finally released. Definitely a, uh, the highlight of the show so far and the show hasn't even started. If you're to read more about that story, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide. With Stephen Fennick. Well, we have to remember last week, Samsung had their unpacked event. This was their event to unveil the Galaxy Fold, as well as the S10 range and the 5G phone and a range of wearables. Now. Right now, I'm going to talk about the Fold because the foldables seems to be the theme of the show so far, and I will talk about the S10 range, 5G phone, and the wearables later in the show. But I just wanted to talk firstly about the Samsung Fold because you've got to remember, Samsung actually announced their Galaxy Fold a few days before Huawei revealed it uh, this week. So Samsung got in first, And they were the first to showcase the Galaxy Fold. It was the first device out of the gate that they announced at their Unpacked event that they held in San Francisco. Uh, I was there, I've I've come to Barcelona from San Francisco. I was in the audience to see the event and Galaxy Fold was the first device they spoke about. So they really made a massive impact straight away. Now there's been talk about this device for some time. Samsung unveiled the screen technology a few months back, I think back in November, They, they showcased the Infinity Flex display and gave everyone an idea of basically the specs of this device and that is with a 4.6 inch screen on the front on the that's they call that the outer screen and then a 7.3 inch screen on the inside of the device when it you open it up like a book so the in in the the Huawei Mate uh, Mate X's uh, case it's one screen that's used in three different ways. So it's one screen that's folded and then it turns into a front and back screen. Samsung's approach is having a totally separate outer screen and then a separate inner screen of 7.3 inches. Now... This, to me, looks... We never got a chance to look at this. It wasn't even the hands-on area. I was a little bit disappointed about that. I thought it might have been behind glass so that we can at least get a photo of it or get an, an appreciation for it. All we saw was what they showed us on stage. So... And what they showed us on the on the uh, on the, sh- the reel the, the video that they created for the device. Now, from what we can see, from what I can see, it looks to me to be a very high quality product. I think the, the, the quality you can see that it's there. Uh, it's got the the, the uh, stainless steel edges and, and and all all of the bells and whistles you'll expect from a Samsung device put together in the Galaxy Fold. Now. Going into Unpacked, we knew very little about the Galaxy Fold. We didn't even know its name until they announced it at Unpacked. Now, what we did discover though, were the dimensions. Uh, And as I I said, I wasn't able to touch this device, handle it, see it, all we saw was what happened on stage. There has since been a video, a hands-on demo video that's released by Samsung to give us an appreciation of the device and what it can do and the quality of the device. The Galaxy Fold, the dimensions are, it's 17 millimetres thick. Now, the device has a slight wedge shape. Now, there is a hinge involved here, of course, where that is the thicker end of the phone, 17 millimetres thick. At the this thinner end, which is the end of the screen, so, or the, so if you look at it a book, it's the outer edge of the book, that is, I think, 13.9 millimetres so thicker at one end for the hinge, and so the screen doesn't actually fold completely flat. There's a slight curve left in the infinity display. But from what I can see, and as again I haven't seen this in, in person the, the the screen. From what I can see, the AMOLED screen looks a bit more looks a bit more glossy, and it has it looks like it has a bit more depth to it. Now, I don't know how Samsung has been able to achieve this. And again, I haven't looked at this. I need to confirm this myself. But to me, it looked more like a real smartphone screen inside. Not to say the Mate 10s wasn't, but this to me seemed to look like a regular smartphone screen on the inside, the inside display. Uh, So unfolded, it is 7.3 inches. And there is a tiny little notch as well. There are six cameras on this as well, you've got to remember. So there's two front-facing... And when I say front-facing, there is the front of the device. I think there's a camera. Inside as well, there are two above the screen on the right-hand side, which forms a tiny little notch. I'm thinking you've got all this space and you've still got a notch. Uh, That's one thing that Huawei has not got a notch because they've got that grip down the side. It keeps everything really clean. But anyway... So There's a small notch on the top right-hand side for two cameras, and then I think there's three cameras on the uh, on the back of the device as well. So that's six altogether. Uh, it does have uh, reverse charging as well. So all they Samsung calls it calls it wireless power share, and so you'll be able to charge other devices, your watch and, and your your Galaxy Buds. But I'll talk about that a little bit later in the S10 section of the show. But All in all, I think at the time, and and still now, it it was very impressive. The opening, it it was, you could just see this device just had that amazing build quality. The hinge was really nicely done, and you can see that the front cover and the back cover sort of merge into the hinge when it opens and closes. So as an engineering feat, it was very, very impressive. Uh, the, The device... Not going to be released in the US uh, until April, which is actually sooner than I thought. But again, as you would imagine, this has a fairly high price. It's going to be $1,980 U.S. when it's released in April. So that works out at about nearly $3,000 Australian, which is actually cheaper than the Huawei device. So uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to see how the Australian pricing is going to go, even when it's going to be released in Australia. By the way, this is a 4G device. but It's a 4G LTE device, so it's not a 5G device. So it's not like I think Huawei really has to wait for a tele, telco partner for, uh, to release it in Australia. It runs on 5G, so you'd want it to be on a 5G network, so Telstra or Optus. We'll talk about Telstra a little bit later. But in the case of this Samsung, that 7.3-inch screen, they did demonstrate on the stage the ability to support uh, their what they call their multi-active window, where you can have up to three apps open at the same time. So you can easily switch between them. You might, you might have YouTube in one, your messages in another, your emails in another, and you can easily switch in between them. It also, uh, whatever you're looking at on the front screen, which is handy for your phone calls and messages, whatever you're looking at on the front screen, when you open the device, when you open the Galaxy Fold, it will immediately then be transferred to the internal, the larger screen. So say you're looking at a map or using an app, it'll take that, as soon as this instant you open the Galaxy Fold, it will have that app running inside as well. So, uh, 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 you yeah, know, they opened the show with a bang uh, and, and really uh, impressed everybody with this device. It really stole the show. Spec-wise, under the hood, they never gave much away in terms of their the, the processor and all that sort of stuff, but they did say it's got 12 gigabytes of RAM, which when you're multitasking, you need a lot of RAM. So th- that's impressive too. Uh, it's going to be available in, in a few different colours. Uh, I think silver and green and, and blue and all these other colours. Uh, but it is also capable through the cameras of uh, capturing 4K UHD video. So it does everything your normal smartphone does. It just folds open like a book. So Galaxy Fold, available in April. That US price, $1,980, which will be probably a shade under $3,000, which, again, still cheaper than the Huawei device. But the Huawei device, though, in all fairness, is a 5G device. This isn't. So if you sort of – it's not quite apples for apples. They are, they are different in many, many ways. The Galaxy Fold, a really impressive product. If you want to read more about it and see, uh, see it for yourself, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Now, over here back in Barcelona, we had some other announcements, uh, namely by Nokia and LG. Uh, we'll start with LG. They entered the 5G game with their new V50 ThinQ. Now, this is a 5G device, so it is uh, one of the first or the first uh, by LG. Uh, got plenty plenty of power as well, and, and it seems to me one thing a lot of 5G devices have in common, and the folding devices for that matter, is a larger battery. So, 4,000 milliamp hour battery on board, because... 5G uses more power. That's what we're going to find, that, that all these devices, and we'll talk about Samsung's 5G device later, they've all got these massive batteries because they're going to, the 5G is going to really tax the device for power. And not only do they have have big batteries, but they also have to have fast charging to get you back up to your charge again. So don't expect a 5G phone's battery to last two days. I think you'd be lucky to get through a day the way we're going. It's only early days in the 5G lifespan anyway. So it's good to know that they're at least backing themselves with these bigger batteries. In the case of the LG V50, a 4000 milliamp hour battery. Uh, the device itself has got a 6.4-inch display and looks like a normal phone. It, it, it's bigger, has a bigger battery, uh, is more powerful. It's got the Qualcomm Snapdragon, the latest Snapdragon processor. But here's the kicker with this device. Now, we've all been talking already about foldable devices, dual screen, inner screen, outer screen. LG is offering a dual screen accessory for the V50. So if you want to use this as a multi-screen, a dual-screen product, you can buy this, this dual-screen accessory, which offers a secondary 6.2-inch OLED display to go with the 6.4 that you already have. It pops on the other phone like a case, and then you open it up and you've got a second screen. So the, the dual-screen mode is available for you when you need it. So rather than you being stuck with this thicker phone with two screens, the LG V50 allows you to add the second screen when you need it. So uh, a a really smart solution, a flexible solution to get you more real estate. And when you think about it, it turns it into a tiny little laptop. So the bottom screen could be your keyboard. The top screen could be your display. You've got a little mini mini laptop in your hand all of a sudden. And a decent size screen, too, 6.2-inch for the OLED, the add-on screen, 6.4 for the main screen. There you go, mini laptop in one. It's coming to Australia later this year. I'm going to talk more about this in the when we talk about what Telstra announced here in Barcelona. But this is a really smart move from LG because it gives customers the choice. You can maybe just buy the phone as it is, a 5G phone, but then if you want to get that secondary screen, you'll be able to add that on like adding on a case. Now, it doesn't have the same uh, ability to combine into one big screen because there's a massive hinge in the middle. So it's more like a dual screen operation. You can have, I don't know, maybe running an app on both screens. We haven't tested it. It was just announced a few hours ago. But it it allows for all these various scenarios. I think the mini laptop scenario is probably my favourite. But you can, I'm sure developers are going to be having some ideas on how they can utilise two of those screens for their apps, And I'm sure you can run one app in one screen, another app on another screen and go for your life. In terms of enjoying your content on a larger scale, like I said, there's that massive gap in the middle where the hinge is. You're probably not going to get that uh, that massive... They're not going to combine to one screen. But having a second screen that could be just as helpful as well. So expect to see that later this year. I'll explain how when we talk about Telstra a little down the line. But let's switch gears now to Nokia. And they've they've made a bit of a comeback of sorts in the last few years. They've done really well. They've announced, I think, the Nokia 8.1, which I'll be reviewing now. I'll have a review up on Tech Guide in the next couple of weeks. But here in Barcelona, they introduced the Nokia 9 and they call it the Pure View. This is the world's first five-camera array smartphone. So the back of the phone has five cameras. So it it looks it looks remarkable. So having having those extra cameras, they all work together, of course, so that you can have a better better images. And Nokia, that in the past have partnered with with uh, companies like Zeiss for their their optical systems. And on this case, they have as well. The five-camera array system includes Zeiss Optics. Now, it's got two colour sensors for more accurate colours, three mono sensors, which give more sharpness and detail, and then all five of them work together to collect 10 times the amount of light that a single sensor of the same type would be able to achieve. So every shot taken... Every shot that's captured using all five of those cameras adds up to at least a 60 megapixel image. So that's a lot of data that you can use uh, in case you, if you want to edit it, whatever you want to do. You might be able to, you to fuse images together, so it gives you a lot more options for your photography. Now, being able to handle that kind of camera, you need a Qualcomm Snapdragon mobile platform so that, that they've got that on board, but, uh, and, and each of the processors can individually adjust things like exposure and white balance on every single camera so that all you get is a really nice image. So uh, the the camera's got 12.4 stops of dynamic range, full scene 12 megapixel depth map as well. So you get all this extra detail uh, and works good in bright sunlight and in low light as well. Uh, So expect to see that soon. That wasn't the only phone, by the way, that Nokia announced. They also announced a range of other devices. They've also announced the Nokia 4.2, which is a, a more compact device. Uh, they've also got the Nokia 3.2. That's got a big HD plus display. They've also got the Nokia 1 Plus, so it's more your, your entry level. And they've also introduced the Nokia 210. This is more a feature phone, you know, like the 3310. It's a little bit like that. So you can you can connect to the web using the Opera Mini browser, play Snake, remember Snake on the Nokia phone, and the battery that will last days, uh, days on end. The 210 is for those who want to go back to the future Using an older Nokia device, but the the Nokia Nine. The PureView device, nine PureView, the Nokia four point two, the Nokia three point two, which the three point two they're saying offers a two day battery life, and the Nokia One Plus as well. That's a premium entry level device with a big screen, the latest Android nine nine Pie uh, Go edition on there as well, and a pretty smart design. I think Nokia have really done well with their Android devices of late. They uh, they've really come up with some great results there. The products speak for themselves. Having Android on them, of course, is is. Uh, is pretty important too uh, they're, they're do making some pretty good inroads in that in that mid-tier and entry-level price points as well but the nokia 9 pure view uh no no idea of the pricing but if you're into your photography that'd be the phone you'd want to get if you're a nokia fan if you want to read more about lg and the new nokia devices you can check them out at techguide.com.au this is techguide The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can protect you and your family online. Now, we live in a world where hackers are constantly finding new ways to steal your information. And because we spend so much time online, it's quite possible we could find ourselves in a cyber criminal sites. The Norton team is dedicated to keeping people safe online no matter how they connect. So whether you're paying bills on your phone, shopping on your tablet or banking on your laptop, Norton Security Premium is working hard behind the scenes to help keep your information, your identity, and up to five devices protected. For more information on how to protect your digital life, visit au.norton.com. Okay, so let's step back a few days and talk about the other Samsung products announced, uh, the S10 products. So we're talking from the Unpacked event in San Francisco last week. They not only had the Galaxy Fold, which we've already spoken about, but they had three new Galaxy S10 smartphones. They've got the Galaxy S10e, 5.8 inches, the Galaxy S10, 6.1 inches, the Galaxy S10 Plus, 6.4 inches. So these devices have this new Infinity-O display. That's a laser-cut hole in the top right-hand corner to allow the front-facing camera to peek out of the screen rather than you needing a notch or a taller forward on on the device. So rather than having that, This Infinity O display allows that camera to come through the screen and for you to still take your selfies and all those images, but without compromising the size of the display. The display itself is a dynamic AMOLED display, which is the world's first to be compatible with HDR10+. So you're talking about image quality that's comparable to the 4K TV in your living room. So this is a really impressive looking screen. I've been using one for a few days now. And I've got to say they've really upped the game on the display and they've managed somehow to improve an already impressive and excellent screen even further. The other addition to the device is an in-screen fingerprint reader. And this ain't any old in-screen fingerprint reader. This is an ultrasonic fingerprint reader which actually uses ultrasound to detect the 3d map of your of your finger so it can it can detect all those contours in 3d so that it's even more accurate so uh, even more added security for the device the other feature it's included too is wireless power share so you can imagine if you're say your friend or someone is short on power and you want to give them some power, you flick on the wireless power share on the S10 and place it on the table, and then that other person, even if you've got an iPhone, puts it on the back of the S10, and they're suddenly charging. Now, the first time we saw this was with the Huawei Mate 20 Pro. They called it reverse charging, which is uh, easy to remember, but the wireless power share is as as its name suggests, is exactly what it does. So you share your power wirelessly and that can then provide that charge for your friend, your wife, whoever needs some power if you've got enough power of your own, of course you can charge up their device as well. So all in all the S10 and, and It's still got a headphone jack. It's also got uh, AI built in. So when when it comes to your camera, the camera is, there's a three-camera system now on the S10, the S10 Plus, two cameras on the S10e, which is kind of your entry-level device. The S10e also doesn't have an in-screen fingerprint reader. The fingerprint readers are embedded in the power button on the side. But the camera system on the S10 and the S10 Plus, the three-camera system, now has ultra-wide view which has 123 degree field of vision. Now, why is that number important? Because that's exactly the field of vision of the human eye. So you can see, you can photograph exactly what your eye is seeing. And the beautiful thing about the device is you can actually toggle between ultra wide, wide and zoom just from these little toggle buttons on the on the camera screen so rather than you have it as the swipe and zoom one touch gets you ultra wide another touch gets you wide another touch gets you zoom so you're not you're not stuffing around with the zoom you can get the shots and, I, and i'll put some examples on my review when i publish it uh, later in the week but you are able to uh, see the difference fit so much more in uh, into your in images. So that's a that's a nice little adjustment as well. Cameras, it's one of the most used parts of our devices. Now, I wonder there's so much focus, pardon the pun, put on that feature because it's one of the things we use the most. We take more photos than we make phone calls. So having a great camera on board is really, really important. Uh, the device itself has, uh, it, it has, uh, to me it feels lighter. So in terms of the construction, I don't know what's different. It feels slightly lighter than... Uh, uh, Than last year's model, anyway. Now, pricing for the Galaxy S10 range: the S10e starts at one thousand one hundred ninety-nine bucks. The S10 starts at one thousand three hundred forty-nine bucks. The S10 Plus starts at one thousand. 499 bucks. So similar pricing to last year, there is that entry-level $1199 s 10 e which, uh, like the S10, has a single car camera poking through the screen with the Infinity-O display. The S10 Plus has a dual front camera, so it's got a larger hole on the front. But for those who don't want to be paying that extra money, want to get into an S10 without having to pay a few hundred dollars extra, uh, the S10e is a great starting point. And at 5.8 inches, that's still a big screen. And that's the cheapest screen in the range. So that's the S10 range covered. Now, the other S10 device that Samsung unveiled is the S10 5G. And Telstra is all over this with a special deal to allow it to be the first Samsung 5G phone to be used in Australia will be on the Telstra 5G network. Now, Samsung was a little cagey in terms of the details of this device. Here's what we know. It's got a 6.7 inch display. It has a 4,500 milliamp hour battery on board as well. Dynamic AMOLED display, same as the S10. Uh, it has got a... It's 4G, It's got 4G... Uh, it's 10 times... 20 times faster than 4G LTE. Slightly larger than the S10 4G devices. Slightly thicker. We never got a chance to touch this phone. We just saw pictures of it. So there's your 6.7-inch screen, 4,500 milliamp hour battery with fast charging. Uh, it also has six cameras four on the back two on the front now the four on the back now includes all the others that we spoke about but there's now a new 3d camera to allow dslr level photography so it's got this amazing depth mapping you can depth of field images so you've got a lot more uh, camera power in your hands it also too has the wireless power share uh, as well the 5g phone we're not going to see till probably towards the middle of the year Telstra, though, has a special deal for their customers. If a Telstra customer buys an S10 Plus on a plan, they are able to upgrade for free to the S10 5G when it becomes available. And there's like a three-week window where you can uh, have your S10 plus and decide that you'd like to upgrade it to 5g when it becomes available and on the Telstra network of course so 5g's already started to roll out across the country and they're they're making some headway so you can if you get a s10 plus, Upgrade for free to the uh, to the S10 5G when it becomes available later in the year. So if you want to, if you've got an eye on 5G being one of the first 5G users, this is a great way of doing it. If you are outside of that promotion, you're going to be paying full freight for the 5G on a plan that could be way more expensive. I think, from memory, the plans they're talking about is a $129 plan per month with 160 gig of included data, so if you get the S10 on that plan, you'll get the S10 5G on that plan as well. So at no extra cost, you're getting a 5G phone. That's a pretty good deal, but only available for Telstra customers. Now, just rounding out the Samsung Unpacked event, they did announce also a range of wearable devices, including the Galaxy Buds, these are uh, like the, uh, the Samsung version of the AirPods. These are uh, really handy in-ear earphones, so wire-free. Uh, they've got touch controls for playing and pausing your music, uh, turning on ambient mode, which activates the microphone, so you can actually hear what's going on around you as well. They also announced the Galaxy Watch Active. This is a, a watch that is slightly smaller than the galaxy watch but with a focus on health and well-being so it can count your steps do all of that uh monitor your sleep but it's in a slightly smaller form factor that i think we sort of more aimed at the female user who is maybe a little put off by the size of the galaxy watch which is a, a little bit bigger a little bit chunkier The Galaxy Watch Active is uh, is pretty cool and does all those things that I mentioned. So it can detect exercise, can monitor your sleep, has the stress uh, detector as well. It will also be able to monitor your blood pressure. There's this new algorithm developed by the University of California in San Francisco. So uh, it can also give you blood pressure monitoring uh, soon as well. So an amazing algorithm that's been developed there. Uh, there's also the Galaxy Fit, which is a, uh, a wrist wearable, so it's a, like a, a fitness band uh, that also is available as well. Now with the Galaxy Watch Active and the Galaxy Buds, remember I was talking about the wireless power share earlier. You can now, if you're running low on charge, charge them on the back of the S10. Turn on wireless uh, reverse wireless power share, and you can put your buds on the back of the device, the watch on the back of the device, and charge them as well. That's a really handy feature. That's Samsung all wrapped up for you from Unpacked. If you want to read more about all of those things, there's several stories I've written about Samsung, the S10 range, Galaxy Fold as well, the uh, S10 5G and those wearables. You can check them all out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Now, next up, we're going to talk Telstra. They are in Barcelona as well, and they also made a little announcement of their own. They held a press conference to say that 5G is well underway in Australia, and their their rollout has already begun. It's already gone through uh, Sydney and Melbourne and Canberra and Brisbane and Adelaide and Perth and Hobart and Launceston and the Gold Coast and Toowoomba, and is continuing around the country. And Andy Penn, the Telstra CEO, was here, and he did make the announcement that three brand, three five G smartphone manufacturers have agreed to be to allow Telstra to be the first telco to offer their devices. And the brands that we're talking about is Samsung, LG, and Oppo. Now, we we spoke a minute ago about the Samsung s10 5g so that's one device that's got that 6.7 inch screen the large battery uh the the speed of 5g network as well so you're getting all those benefits and it also includes the lg v50 ThinQ. we also spoke about that earlier so there's two devices lg and samsung that you will be able to get first on the Telstra network. So if you're a Telstra customer and you're hanging out to be one of the first 5G users, these are the devices you're gonna get your hands on as well. The third company is Oppo. Now they haven't actually named a device, but they do promise to have a 5G device ready to go for the Telstra network and for the Telstra customers before the middle of the year. So the first half of this year, Oppo will also come good with a 5G device. So you spoke. We've already spoken about the LG V50 ThinQ. It's got the 6.4-inch OLED. You can add a second 6.2-inch screen with the accessory. Uh, The Samsung S10 5G, 6.7-inch screen, 4,500 milliamp hour battery, six-lens camera system, and the Oppo 5G. We don't know much details about that, but we do know what's coming. Oppo uh, made another announcement at the show here about a 10 times lossless zoom camera for their smartphone. So you can imagine DSLR zoom quality on a phone. We've got that story on Tech Guide as well. If you want to check it out, there's some examples of pictures taken with the norm, normal lens and then the 10 times lens. You can judge for yourself how good that is. But Telstra... They're well into the 5G game. Uh, They're ready to go, and they're going to have the Samsung S10 5G, the LG V50 ThinQ, and the Oppo 5G phone on their network before anyone else. If you want to read more about that story, check it out (laughs) techguide.com.au. next up let's talk alcatel they've made some announcements as well and alcatel they're that challenger brand that just keep delivering value and features and they've continued that here in barcelona we're also going to talk about though their parent company which has also unveiled an interesting innovation which we'll chat about in a sec. But first let's talk about the Alcatel range that's just been announced here in Barcelona, the 2019 range. Starting off with the Alcatel 3. This is a 5.9 inch display with a 19.5 by nine full view display. So virtually the entire front of this phone is, is the screen. There's a tiny little notch in the top, a little teardrop shaped notch, very top of the device for your front facing camera, but it's got a dual camera system, fingerprint reader, glossy chassis as well, and uh, they haven't released pricing, but don't expect this phone to be over 300 bucks. It's probably going to be under 200 bucks. That's how much value Alcatel can offer. Next up is the 3L, which is slightly inferior to the the Alcatel phone, the Alcatel 3. The Alcatel L has a 2.5D front glass uh, and spectrum engraving, so you can see all the same features of the three, but it also includes, as, as does the three, AI uh, adds that to the, uh, to the phone experience, to the, sorry, the photography experience as well. So it can automatically detect and correct scenes and modes for your images. Uh, and it'll also be running Android 8.1. That's pre-installed, but you can upgrade to Android 9. So 9.0 Pi in the coming months. Also on the list, Alcatel's 1S this is a superb entry-level device that's probably going to be under 150 bucks, but it looks like it's worth about 500 or, or and more. Uh, it is a good-looking device. It's got a 5.5 inch screen, an 18 by 9 HD Plus full view display, three gig of RAM, 32 gig on board storage as well, and you can expand that with a micro SD card slot as well. Dual rear camera, 13 and 2 megapixel camera system, uh, so you're going to get that real time bokeh effect, and you also get the AI scene detection as well. And it wasn't just phones; Alcatel were launching here. They've also announced a, a new tablet as well. The Alcatel 3T10 tablet uh, has a 10-inch high definition screen, dual front speakers as well, so a pretty impressive entertainment experience on the move. Uh, It's got a 4080 milliamp hour battery that can last the entire day as well. Comes also included Google Assistant pre-installed, so you can actually use your voice, control the device hands-free, and even uh, from up to three meters away. So you can not only uh, find information, but also control all your smart devices at home as well. They're the Alcatel products, and as I said, Alcatel's parent company is TCL Communications, and they also made an interesting announcement about about a new innovation, and that innovation is called the Dragon Hinge. Now, at the start of the show, we were talking about all the foldable devices, and one thing they all had in common was breakthrough hinge technology to enable the screen to fold and to flatten out. at the the same time. So it opens it and the same hinge can close it as well. So it's got kind of two jobs it needs to do. So this hinge is, is critical, so central to the success of a foldable device and with the dragon hinge this is a, a, a created by tcl sister company csot and there's it's got a mechanical housing so it can fold and bend in a variety of different scenarios so you can imagine it folding one way folding another way so uh, it, it does allow designers and engineers to come up with some great ideas knowing this hinge Uh, will allow them to come up with these amazing creations. Now, TCL says the first wave of foldable products we won't see till 2020. So TCL is quite adamant though that despite having this great technology, there is still most customers, nearly every customer still wants value and a decent device. Hence the reason why their Alcatel range will be so impressive and, and uh, attractive as well this year. But TCL Communications, the drag and hinge technology, there's a picture actually on uh, on Tech Guide for you to see it. This is an example. And you've got to remember, TCL is also the company that owns BlackBerry. So you can imagine a bendable device. Imagine a bendable device with a physical keyboard or a virtual keyboard, but with all the benefits of BlackBerry, uh, it could re- it has the potential to possibly reinvent the BlackBerry brand. But some me- that's just me speculating. We don't know that for sure, but wait till 2020 or possibly late 2019. We might find out a little bit more about that. If you want to read more about that story, check it out, techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand, and they've issued a challenge. They've issued the Orbi Challenge. So you can buy a Netgear Orbi Wi-Fi kit, and if you don't get better home Wi-Fi everywhere, you can get your money back. So it says a lot about the product if they're backing it with a money-back guarantee. The Orbi is the award-winning system that makes your Wi-Fi faster and takes your Wi-Fi further. Orbi Wi-Fi systems are designed for any size home, large or small. No more dead zones, no black spots, just better Wi-Fi across the board. And for those times where you need a little more, you can even have add-on satellites to give you additional coverage. In today's modern household, Orbi's tri-band Wi-Fi system lets you stream your favourite movies in 4K and play online games By providing ultra fast Wi Fi, no matter how many devices are connected. Orbi plugs into your existing modem and is really easy to set up with just a couple of clicks. Not only does it work great, it looks great too and blends into your home's decor. Orbi is the easiest, fastest, and most expansive and advanced mesh Wi Fi network available today. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Orbi, better Wi Fi everywhere. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. A place to stay updated and educated. All right, let's talk help desk here. We had an interesting question from a reader who was seeking a dual camera dash cam system. Uh, they did say they did have a previous uh, dash cam. That had, the reason for the dual cameras is to detect any uh, incidents if the car is parked. They did say that you know, they had the dual camera from another manufacturer They didn't specify, but uh, when something did hit their car, the dash cam did nothing. It didn't react to anything, and they were very disappointed and expressed as much to the manufacturer, and the manufacturer replied with a, a little a thing that was in the in the instructions saying that at times, the dash cam may not record. So that, that was their catch-all uh, to, uh, to get them out of that. But she asked some advice on a dual camera, a dual dash cam camera, and in particular, the Blackview brand. Now, I'm answering this question because I actually have a black View 900CH uh, dash cam on my Tesla. My Model S has a front and rear dash cam that's, uh, that's a black view device. And this does have uh, the normal monitoring when I'm driving, but it also has motion detection as well as a, as a shock detection as well. So what I do with mine, rather than keeping motion detection, so what that means is if when my car is parked, uh, the battery is always running because I've got a massive battery in my Tesla. It's not going to flatten the battery. It's always working. So if I have motion detection on um, when I'm not driving, obviously when I'm driving, it's always recording. You can detect that. But when I'm parked, if I have motion detection, every little bit, every little movement is recorded. So what I do is I turn motion detection off and turn on, turn the G-Shock sensors up higher so that if even someone touches my car, it's going to start recording. Now, there is also sentry mode, which I spoke about last week on the Tesla, but I already had pre-installed the the dash cam from Blackview. So I've got this peace of mind that if anyone bumps into my car, this is going to immediately record and recording in 4K from the front camera. So I get a lot of extra detail. So to answer your question, Blackview, highly recommended. I'm a user myself. I'm a customer. I bought this myself to fit it the Tesla. So if you're looking for a decent dual dash cam, your question was, is Blackview worth looking at? My answer is definitely yes. You're listening to Tech Guide. And that's the end of our show for this week. You can read about everything that we've talked about on the show at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, you can hit the record button and send me a voice bite. We'd love to hear from you and I'll answer your question live on the show. If you want to go old school, email will still work, info at techguide.com.au. Want to give a special shout out to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated.